0: Hi, and welcome back to our Feeder podcast. It's been a rough week for FIDE, actually to that extent that I started feeling pity for them at some point. And uh, as regular re- uh, listeners will know, this is kind of rare. But um, to discuss these events, I have with me Mr. Dodgy. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Pierre. Yeah, it's been a very quiet week in the chess world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so where should we start? Should we... Let's try and do this in chronological order, I think. Let, so, let's do that. But I A so... lot of stuff.
0: But so much has happened that actually the topic you want to bring up, it feels like completely forgotten, yeah?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it feels like this happened months ago, but it was only last week that FIDE eventually announced the results of their uh, investigation into the Magnus Carlsen and Hans-Niemann affair, shall we call it, and... They found Magnus not guilty of most of the charges, but he was guilty of withdrawing from the tournament. Well, which the I most think is fair. of the most of the charges meant that uh,
0: mainly bringing the game into disrepute, right?
1: I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and
0: and bringing the game into disrepute is a rather serious thing. For instance, that what's, what what Kayakin got banned for for like uh, six months, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of interesting, because I do feel like he did actually accuse Hans of cheating, and he didn't provide evidence of that, so I'm mildly confused about how they came to this conclusion. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, again, for for full transparency, I have been employed by Magnus Carlsen's company for the last uh, more than than 10 years by now, almost 11. Breaking news! Yeah, yeah. So I'm. I actually not going to say a lot about uh, uh, these, yeah. these 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 things. So um, I mean, well, also. But does I mean I'm not saying Magnus did accuse him of cheating, but if he believes. So is it wrong to do it? I mean, that's the the case in some kind of defamation suits, right? For instance, in the states, is, is my impression.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't think we should go too much into no, the details no. because right. I, don't, I don't think this the defamation laws would really apply here. It's more of what like Fides actual laws are, and it's true. It's kind of complicated. I guess. Yeah, I know you can't talk about it too much, but I guess my question would be: Do you feel that Magnus is like satisfied with this outcome, or?
0: I honestly didn't speak with him about it, I think uh, so, I think mainly I noted that uh, well, he wasn't banned, which means that, uh, well World Rapping and Blitz, he can play uh, at the end of this year, someday so more it was like, uh, okay there is more work for me, which is uh, generally a good thing, but uh, no, I didn't ask him, I would I don't know, I understand he was uh, fine. 10,000 euros or dollars right, but uh-huh. um, I don't know. Well, it sounds weird. We don't really talk about that. We talk about golf, fantasy football, you know, important stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, if I knew, I would probably not be allowed to say either. But, uh, I mean, he doesn't really came with any kind of uh, social media outburst or anything like that, right? I think basically he's just ignored it as far as I, I know.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's even posted about it. Like, I think he did make a statement when the lawsuit ended. Yeah, yeah. But for this one, I don't think he's even coming into tolls. No, no. As
0: as and like, also, while 10,000 euros, of course, for us regular people, is a considerable amount of money. For him, probably less so. I guess he just won 200,000 in, in, in Toronto uh, a few days ago, right?
1: Yeah. I, I think he'll he'll be able to yeah. take the hit. Yeah, yeah. So but Where um, does the money go? That's that's our main question.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I assume they go to FIDE, right? And... Um,
0: so I feel like it
1: should go to the ethics commission. Like absolutely. I think they should get a little bit of money. You know, they've spent almost a year on this. I think they should, they deserve a small bonus.
0: As I'm involved in a case at the ethics committee, I cannot praise them too much. I and mean, it was seemed like I'm trying to influence the result of the thing. But I have to say, they are coming out with very very long verdicts in the kayaking case. In a lot of cases, I mean, you know, if they're doing this stuff uh, for free, which I think they are, one has to actually be impressed by that.
1: Yeah, I think they're... I, I've read more of FIDA ethics cases than a healthy person has. And uh, yeah, in general, I'm quite impressed with the, the work that they've done. Maybe I'm misreading some of it because it's quite complicated language mm-hmm. in a lot of them. But in general, I think they're doing a pretty good job, uh, all things considered. But yeah, I guess we can't can't... There's not too much to really talk about now. You know the no. case is done, and he was fined, and if he pays the fine, that's the end of it. Like, do you think this is completely the end of this whole saga? Or
0: again, I can honestly say I don't really know. I mean, also, I'm it's not fully clear to me if the hunt thing is completely closed legally or or not. I I haven't followed that that much. I mean, I'm involved in his dubious openings experiments. I mean, the the legal stuff. I think they. They get real professionals for. I mean, it's not like uh, I wouldn't be happy to give my legal opinion, but they they don't seem to value it overly. So uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I'm happy to talk with on the podcast here, but I mean, it's not unreasonable that they consult serious professionals when they are sued for. I forgot if it was ten or hundred million dollars, but hundred million, hundred million, yeah, yeah. I mean, ten thousand he kept. Uh, you know, he can shrug off hundred million. Probably would affect him a bit. Uh, so yeah, I think that
1: would be. Tough for him to get that kind of money together. But, you never know. Yeah. He wins a lot of tournaments. I don't know. Maybe
0: no. He would have to be. I mean, we have had situations where I mean, didn't Lasca come back to become world champion, or maybe to activity because he actually needed the money. So uh, I really don't want to start a debate about we should ruin Magnus to get him back to to the world champion cycle. not in my interest. But uh, yeah,
1: no, that was that went wrong.
0: Um, okay. Anyway, we have much more stuff to debate, right?
1: We do, we do. So there was a FIDE Congress assembly yeah. on Sunday. And I was, I, I am very suspicious about all of these big events because this is the one one week where I've actually left my house for the last few months. So I was in Barcelona doing some, some stuff for Chessable. So I kind of, I wasn't quite as terminally online as I usually am. Obviously, I would love to watch the eight-hour meeting of the FIDE assembly uh, but i wasn't able to so what happened there
0: oh a lot of stuff ha- happened uh, there i mean generally well it's like an, a normal assembly just online so there is i think almost like 160 70 delegates there and uh hardcore listeners like myself can follow it on youtube where we were around 100 people following it uh, I, I would say and you're right that the it starts very formally. It starts with, you know, they play the feeder Anthem. The president tells us, please rise. And um, I mean, I remember my, my wife came into my room, said, what are you doing? I said, I'm standing for the feeder Anthem. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> and um, I mean, <laughs> so they are doing everything formally like this. And they have, you know, obituaries to make a, a movie where everybody has passed away and pay honors to that. So it's a completely normal general assembly in in, in that way. But of course, of sort of interesting topics. I mean, they go over the budget and stuff like this. Uh, I mean, even there I snoozed out. But I think the interesting things was, for instance, there was bidding for the, the, the Chess Olympic in 2028, 20, if I remember correctly. I mean, 2024 is Hungary. Then yes. probably it's Baku in 26. No. Uzbekistan? I'm not
1: sure if it's Tashkent. It was or... Uzbekistan, of course. Yeah, you're right. It is you're Uzbekistan. Right. Pardon, yeah. pardon me. I think it's Tashkent, but I'm yeah, not yeah, totally sure. Yeah, probably. You're
0: right. And then in 28, there was a bidding between... Abu Dhabi or Genoa. And then basically it's like, you know, they have 20 minutes each. They show video. They speak about their city. They, I mean, there can be asked questions to them and such. So it functioned quite well. I mean, some of the technical aspects, I mean, I would say our podcast seems professionally produced compared to the the technical quality at times. You
1: can't hear people. (laughs) that's, (laughs) That's serious criticism.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, no, they went through it and both had generally quite nice uh, presentations. I was sure that uh, Abu Dhabi would win a blowout uh, vote, but they only won with like 61 62% against General. General also had a quite nice uh, offer. I was a bit puzzled that General seemed to have put together quite a lot of effort uh, because I thought they have absolutely no chance to win. But, um, but I think we are going to two or oh, not we I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing chess anymore but it's going to be in abu dhabi in 2028 questions were like can we get visas and some pointing out isn't it absolutely hot at that point of year but they're saying, like no we have this absolutely huge congress center and people has played uh, open events here at the same point of year time of year no one is complaining and so on and so forth so there is a functional um de- debate like this i would say and um well, uh, yeah. Well, Abu Dhabi one, and that's more or less it. I don't know what else uh, you would like to hear for someone who spent eight hours watching this stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would prefer for the Olympiad and in general events that are run regularly to jump around a lot more than mm-hmm. having two events. Like, I don't think it would be good for to have two events in a row in Europe either. But I think, yeah. I mean, Uzbekistan and then Abu Dhabi one after another feels like you're definitely favoring one part of the world over the rest. I mean, in uh, general, it should be much uh, wider. Are, but Are they that comparable in Destination? I'm my I think if you're traveling from Europe or the US, Maybe. then it's basically... Mm-hmm. It's almost exactly the same amount but of travel this is but probably hot. Abu Dhabi is easier to get to, I guess, from flight connections.
0: But uh, let's say, in my time of uh, being an active chess player, that includes both as a coach and uh, as a second. South America? Okay, that was the World Championship in 2007 in Mexico. But well, that was mm-hmm. an eight-player event. I mean, chess Olympiads in South or North America? Uh, I mean, I honestly don't recall. I mean, we talked yeah. about- Havana, Buenos Aires, uh, something like this, but way, way back, right? And I think that seems to be kind of accepted. I mean, Africa, to my knowledge, haven't had any of what we could call very big events, uh, right?
1: No, uh, I think there was the only kind of serious event I think there's been in Africa is one of the Grand Chester events. Yeah,
0: but that's also, I mean...
1: It's a a small event.
0: That's a small elite event, and it's not organized by FIDE. I mean, Yeah. yeah.
1: But no, I don't recall. No. I mean, I guess the, some kind of world youth was just held in Egypt. That, that was a world yeah, cadets, possibly. Yeah, I'm not.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. But, but they are somewhat different uh, events to a certain extent, both in terms of, I guess, uh, financial liability and also in terms of prestige, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, I, I think the the Olympiad in particular, mm-hmm. may, maybe even more than, than other events, should be... A global event, and it mm-hmm. should really. But also, I mean, let's talk
0: realities here. The Chess Olympiad is by a mile the most expensive chess event to organize in the world, right? I mean, World Championship mm-hmm. match is considerably cheaper, is my impression.
1: Yeah, I think the the budgets for uh, at least Chennai and Hungary were around ten million mm-hmm. That's Euros of dollars. Of I'm ahead. not sure, but yeah, in yeah. The range of that
0: it generally takes resources of of a state i understand that a sponsor could pay for this probably it's not i mean for some people it's not that much money but um i mean norway did it at some point uh, but else um i mean yeah no they are very 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 different events in in a way and I mean, that South Africa, Africa, South America or Africa doesn't get it. It seems just to be that's how it is. And everybody seems to accept it. I remember, of course, even for the World Cups, I mean, I spoke to some of the Brazilian players. I said, it's a long trip from Brazil to, to, to Siberia to play two games
1: and go home again. But, uh, well, you know, someone has to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, like- I mean, also, like... We've had a, a football world cup in South Africa, so there's clearly, you know, resources yeah. to put on big events there. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they can handle a football world cup, they can definitely handle a chess event. But but football world cup is different
0: in terms of I mean the players are top top professionals in a way there's actually considerably fewer teams on the country but then there is a bunch of spectators right Uh, yeah yeah for sure
1: like the the kind of benefit is obviously much bigger for a football world cup but also you know the you are talking billions of dollars yeah yeah of course it's completely different invest to put that together if
0: we talk in terms of participants I mean, we are almost second uh, to the real Olympiads, right? I mean, it's a, it's a serious uh, number of people. Yeah, it's, and
1: I think the coverage is generally pretty good mm-hmm. globally. And I think,
0: yeah, it's... No, it's a pretty well-functioning event. And I'm sure that uh, both Genoa and uh, Abu Dhabi could have put on a, a pretty good uh, event in, in many yeah.
1: ways. Okay, so we probably shouldn't spend too much time. No, no, fair enough. The 2028 Olympiad, it's got lots of time to get there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we have time. No. Um, the, what else, the, else happened? Well, of course, the, by far, the, the most,
0: uh, let's say, intriguing thing was that there was a vote for extending term limits for the feeder president. and or removing uh, term limits. Exactly, for removing term limits, exactly. And... Um, I think the public only realized a couple of days before, right?
1: I yeah, mean, it was definitely only announced. I, I mean,
0: I, I sort of uh, realized it because I had checked into the agenda. It was mainly, I was uh, speaking uh, quite surprisingly with the Danish delegate for completely other reasons. And uh, he didn't answer my phone call because he said uh, wrote to me that, ah, oh, it was you, okay, I'm getting a lot of phone calls from Eastern Europe who wants me to vote something and I don't really want to talk with them. So that was his excuse for not answering me. And I was curious, okay, what are you talking about? But it seemed that uh, sort of, you know, if you clicked uh, on the agenda, you could see that uh, under some proposal, there was that removing of term limit for the fee the president. And, um, well, in 2018, uh, one of the big uh, election promises by which was that he wanted to remove term limits. And, uh, well, you can argue he fulfilled this promise because he did actually remove them, but... yeah, He didn't remove term limits, then <laughs> yeah. he did put them back. So. Well, you are saying he put them back. I mean, if you... The Norwegian FIDA Council member is saying, well, what could we do? I mean, if Andorra suggests to remove uh, term limits, well, um, there's nothing we can do about it, according to the rules.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also the case that who told Andorra to do this? Yeah, um, I mean... Why, did, why do Andorra feel so strongly about this, and why do the other... Twenty some countries that I think twenty-one identical letters yeah. that were copy and pasted and definitely provided to them by someone else. I like mean, th- this was completely orchestrated from the top. Like I have I, no doubt whatsoever, and they can take me to court if they'd like. To, like <laughs> I mean, I I agree with Mister Jockey. I mean, basically,
0: you could see the documentation was maybe like thirty-five pages of I think twenty-one letters, who all is not it's not the same, but it's obvious that. You suggest uh, making uh, the president can stay forever. Some say for you know four terms, others three terms, and then there is a letter explaining why. Some of them short, some of them more poetic and, and longer. But I mean, if it was a school class giving these twenty one letters, you would say they've been copying each other, right? I mean, this yeah. is no no. I mean,
1: doubt. it was one hundred percent orchestrated. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's just a naked power grab. Like there's exactly. no there's no reason to kind of. <laughs> try and soften it the this is what he's just consolidating power and he's making it clear that he's going to be sticking around for a long time Mm -hmm. and you know we did have kurosan in power for 23 years i think yeah which wasn't good for chess i think there's there's no justification for anyone to be in power for that long like there's just after a certain amount of time the things will get stale mm-hmm. it's hard for it's hard to make big improvements when you're already so invested in the work that you've done well and i think
0: also what this it, like, shows is that well when you become so powerful i think we at least agree that the letters but also the speeches generally becomes embarrassing right you're just it's i mean it feels like you know, a dictatorship where everybody knows this guy is going to be in power. So why am I not just going to praise him like crazy?
1: Right? I mean... Yeah, it was just totally embarrassing. Like, all of these letters, I mean, these people should be ashamed (laughs) of themselves. Like, they shouldn't really be able to show their face in public Mm -hmm. without being completely humiliated. Most... No, it's just, it was very... It's very sycophantic. These people were just, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they've been paid for yeah i mean well
0: again when we say pay for it becomes strange that i'm defending it but uh, i'm not defending it but it's not paid for in a illegal sense it's more like okay that it could be but there's no evidence of that but also i mean FIDA has a lot of ways to do it in a legal sense i mean they have huge developments funds they you know i mean you can always create some kind of project right and um, yeah yeah
1: I mean, that's true, and I mean, in general, that is how like so like power corrupting. Absolutely, is is very true, and I think, and almost anyone who has like a small amount of power will should be able to realize this quite quickly. So, for example, if you're in a position of power where you can decide who gets a job, for example, let's Mm -hmm. say I mean you're you're a great example, so you. I have, would suggest you as an example, but okay, go no, on. No, but you yeah. have... Uh, well, I mean, I'm also a good example. But, you know, you have some influence over... When Magnus does World Championship matches, you have some influence over who joins the team for that match, mm-hmm. right? Of course. And the people that you're most likely to choose are people that you like. Like, that's the reality. And also you, Laurent. You, you think I like
0: Laurent and Jan? <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
1: But, like, <laughs> yeah. no, people who are already... In proximity to you also partly because they already have a proven track record in your eyes but also you know these are people you like and that's how power corrupts people Mm -hmm. and over time that that i think that can work fine in the short term but over time it does start to slip Mm -hmm. and you know at some point you start hiring people just because you like them rather than because they're good at the job because you don't want to look outside that, outside your comfort bubble, to find mm-hmm. someone that you've never met before. Who might be fantastic, and like, this is why it's really important to not have someone in power for twenty mm-hmm. years. And if you can't do the job in eight years, like there's nothing to suggest you can do. No, it.
0: Th- this was actually amazing by some of the speeches. They were saying, "Okay, I mean, eight years." Or the letters, you can barely get anything done. You know, if you want to change the organization for the better, you need longer time. I mean, OK, what do you mean?
1: Eight years, right? I mean, it's it becomes, absurd. I mean, it look, it at, absurd. Look, at, look at where chess was three years ago. Yeah. In online chess. Just, yeah, just yeah. online chess at all. Like we didn't have, like Title Tuesday was a, I, actually I was looking up kind of Title Tuesday stats recently because of, you know, Kramnik's blogs. And I realized that Title Tuesday being a weekly event hasn't even been running for that long. Oh, really? Okay. And it two? used to actually just be a monthly event. But they have two events a week now, right? And now they have two per week, yeah, yeah. which is a big, you know, from 12 per year to 104 per year. That's a huge jump. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, if you go back three or four years, we have no Champions Chess Tour. We yeah, have yeah, Title right. Tuesday once a month. There's a bunch of other events. Yeah, yeah. You know, Speed Chess Championship, has been, that's been the one that's been around for a while, but... It's been kind of getting bigger each year.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, I mean, I think, well, they are also arguing. Let's say, in
1: uh, well,
0: I mean, examples where you have term limits, the U.S. presidency and such, right? That, I mean, well, the first term you are trying to get reelected, but the term where you don't get reelected, I mean, you actually have a chance to get a lot of done because you stop caring about re-election and things like that. I mean, of course, you can argue anything. One argument they were giving is that. Fide should be like a company where you have a CEO who is there, you know, as long as he want if he's good enough. But, but that's uh, Emil.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, I, I mean, I, this I, argument was just also just completely yeah. insane. Like I, they, I, there are civil servants within Fide who are appointed. They're not elected. Mm-hmm. They don't have to run for election. And that's the vast majority of people. Yeah, yeah. For FIDE. I mean, no, so no. There's I, no reason for the president to have that role.
0: Like, it's. No, no, no. So, I mean, we can see on. Uh, Well, the countries, well, I mean, we are both from, you know, reasonably democratic countries, right? I mean, we believe term limits is a good thing. While, for instance, well, with Dworkov as president, it's obvious to compare with Russia, who has made it, it's not like Putin is for life, but he can run again (laughs) till
1: 36 or something like that. So, I mean, again. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit too on the nose, I think, for them to do it in exactly the same way that Putin did
0: it. But (laughs) I think... They, of course, they won the election with eighty percent, which is generally, I mean, uh, it's very discouraging. But while for them that day was a huge success, there was actually pretty strong reactions against it afterwards. Was my impression? Maybe we are just living in an internet bubble. But my feeling was that they got a lot of criticism for this. I, I mean, I, believe, I, wrote,
1: I mean, yeah, th- this is the problem as well. Is that you know, people were mad on Twitter, people were mad on Reddit. They're mad on facebook but none of the delegates are on it well probably facebook a bunch of them are on but like none of the delegates are actually online like in general these are all i guess the average age is well over 60 yeah that's also a problem that there's no term limit for de- delegates i mean
0: one of them was saying okay i was a delegate since kampomanas and well that is a while a while I, okay i was also playing yeah, chess, you shouldn't but, be y- yeah yeah i mean that's sort of uh, it gives away that it's quite attractive to be a delegate and also it's difficult to be removed, apparently, right? But some of the delegates are online. But also, well, I think you saw the US uh, making a rather strong case against it. And you saw the the, the new German president. She made um, also a more mild, but still a critical one. But else no one took the word. And I think Malcolm Payne, who is known for being very harshly against, of course, uh, this exact point of order was or at the same time as Man United was playing Liverpool and he's a strong Liverpool supporter. So it was a tricky moment for him. But he said, I, I just I have given up talking about these things because they make no sense. So we're going to lose anyway. I mean, it seems like the, the sort of big Western powers has
1: just given up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's also my impression. And I think it's extremely difficult to reform FIDE at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not going to happen. And I think, in general, mm-hmm. I I think in general, like I actually I, re- I strongly dislike the idea of an American corporation being the most powerful entity in the chess world. But I think Chess.com no, does. So a, you're working for
0: Chess.com, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but I, morally, I don't think it's a good thing. Uh-huh. But I think Chess.com is massively more beneficial to the chess world right now than FIDE, and it shouldn't be that way because FIDE should be a democratic organization that's run. By, you really? know the member states on behalf of. I mean all that players. Chester,
0: that chess.com try to make earn as much money for themselves. You can argue is completely legitimate, right? Uh, I mean that's that's yeah, but, why why they were it. I
1: don't think chess.com would be able to get away with some of the things Freead does because chess.com is actually more mm-hmm. uh, accountable to yeah. chess players. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there is a mu- there's a much more open dialogue between chess.com and you know criticism on reddit for example mm-hmm. like chess.com actually pays attention to what people say on reddit and doesn't necessarily like agree with everything or change everything but like is taken. that kind of criticism is taken on board whereas with FIDA, like they just ignore it <laughs> like they don't
0: yeah but FIDA depends on delegates while chess.com depends on having a good product and a good customer you know owner relationship in a way right so i mean
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's a very direct interaction Mm -hmm. between Chess.com and chess players. And I think FIDE is definitely missing that at the moment. And I think, to some extent, this is a responsibility of like chess players, but particularly the top chess players. Yeah. Because they're very individualistic. They don't really want to stand up to FIDE
0: about... But also, there's no unity among chess players because there are so many layers. I mean, there is Magnus... Well, he's an entity on his own. There's Nakamura, he's also an entity on his own. I mean, you cannot get 20 players together and agree. You can probably not even get five, is my impression, right? I mean, what yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it has been tried, it never really worked. But I, I agree with you that it would be much better to have stronger player unity,
1: but uh, it's I, a very, I, very hard. I do think there are certain issues that the top players do agree on. Mm-hmm. Cheating, for example. I think yeah, something right. that basically there is unity amongst top players that they feel like it's they they don't agree on the degree of the problem but they agree that it's a very serious problem and it needs to be dealt with
0: but also much I more mean harshly. those who speak up i mean there is not backs like me who's you know jumping up and down but that is not going to work obviously and uh, well earlier it was someone like kasparov but well magnus he's uh, he's not going to do such neither is uh, hikaru so they are they are more business-oriented, which is quite reasonable. I just don't see it happening, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Okay. One point it's... I want to make is that I think FIDA as an organization, I, I have given up on. The structure will will corrupt. But I thought actually that with term limits, well, Dvorkovich will be gone. And while keeping him, he's going to win the next election now. But if he wasn't there, it would never going to be a new Russian. Then we would find someone else. So I think, well, the reality of this is not that, I mean, Fidesz's level of structural corruption will, will be the same, but with Dvorkovic staying, it means that we will keep our ties to Russia, uh, unfortunately, uh, I would say. I think, to me, that's actually the main thing of this. Um, I mean, else they would have replaced Dvorkovic with someone from their system, or they will find someone else who would be able to deliver the money, we can suggest, uh, well, to all of, uh, many possibilities, but now it's just going to be Dworkowitz and and uh, I think that's kind of the main problem, that from a Russian
1: perspective, it had to be Dworkovich. Who else, right? Um... Yeah. And I... Yeah, I think Dworkovich is going to be there for for mm-hmm. a long time now. I mean, He's I popular. kind of thought that he was trying to escape from it. I thought that's why he introduced term limits in the mm-hmm. first place, because he was like, okay, I'll do this for eight years, then I'm out. Like, yeah. Actually, I
0: mean, well, let's discuss that a bit. I, I told it to some Norwegian media. I said that, I actually don't really think Dvorkovich wants to be the president, but he's ended up there.
1: I don't know how you see it. Um, that that was my impression as well, but I'm not. I'm. I don't know if he's been, you know, told that he should. Be, <laughs> I mean, mean it's not. I, I don't but believe. I think it. he probably does enjoy it to some extent. I mm-hmm. think you know he he definitely loves chess. I think yeah, he's it he, like he's inter- way more interested in chess than you could you know fake for sure.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean.
1: But I but think...
0: I think he's just as much interested in football. I mean, if he could choose to be FIFA president instead of uh, FIFA president, he would take it. But, okay, I was asking me, would you rather uh, coach Magnus or Manchester City? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, it's, not a, it's not a relevant point for me, neither is it for Dvorkovic. So, I mean, it's not. It's unfair criticism to some extent.
1: Well, I mean, uh, he has organized the World Cup, so he has some exactly. experience it's in the It's a bit area, more realistic or... for him, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Matt, uh, yeah. yeah I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else from the FIDE General Assembly that we must... Well, I mean, well, that as you have,
0: uh, it's the subject, you you probably more as an expert than me. I mean, there was a Norwegian suggestion on uh, transgender rights rather to reverse the FIDE decision. And I know that I think, well, you're part of the woman in Chess sort of foundation, right? And you have quite some views on this point, right? Yeah. Or am I, mean, I wrong?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I don't want to speak on behalf of no, no, the no. Women Women's Chess Foundation. This is more my personal view, but I think that trans women are women and there's a very simple way to deal with them, which is just let them play in women's events. And uh, for me, the most convincing argument is that the women who play in women's events, particularly in France, where there are two quite strong trans women, the other, you know, the the cis women, I would call them, you know, women who were born as women, they're very aggressively in support of the trans women playing against them. So I feel like mm-hmm. if their competitors are very supportive of it, that to me suggests that it's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think the French women are extremely aggressively in support of mm-hmm. the trans women competing in their events.
0: Well, well, you can make the argument that there is not the French players are perhaps not competing at the absolute world elite level, and they're maybe not dependent on... Yeah, but no trans on, women are. On like in, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, no, I agree that it doesn't have a huge effect. I mean, there's no trans women who would be competitive in the, in the sort of uh, world championship cycle, for instance, right? Yeah, also,
1: and I think this issue is kind of overblown, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I think it affects a very, very small amount of people, mm-hmm. and uh, I think creating this whole storm is a bit of a distraction. It's a, I mean, we, it fits in with certain countries having very anti-trans legislation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's oh, perhaps... Of course, we should mention that uh,
0: the Norwegian suggestion fell completely. I, I just took it as a given. But, uh, I mean, I think they got uh, less than 20% in favor, something like that.
1: My understanding of Norwegian rules, because uh, I've actually had some conversations with people in the... Mm-hmm in Norway, is that following FIDE's regulations would be against Norwegian law. Okay. Could, so could be. they're not. <laughs> no. I mean, whether they're morally, they agree with it or not, legally, I don't believe they can enforce these rules. And I think it's the case in other countries. as well. But
0: just to take it out of chess, I checked what the Danish Sports Confederation have of recommendations. And, uh, well, they said in general for them it's a balance and uh, their recommendations to some extent is pending the physicality of the sport that of course <laughs> means in chess it's a yeah. no brainer we are not i mean there but would you be in favor of it in any kind of sport or does it also matter if it has a, of a physical nature i
1: think i think it's uh, the the advantage that m- people are born as men have over women is somewhat exaggerated when you look at kind of the actual data and, you know, the effects okay. that hormones have over people and when they get hormone treatment, that can have a big effect. I think in certain sports, it's always going to be very, very difficult to make the case that you can I change thought There gender. was a
0: recent example somewhere where somebody, somebody suddenly started breaking world records. And he was. I, I think
1: pretty. in combat sports, it's always going to be very <laughs> difficult to make the case that, you know, people who have transitioned should be able to to fight against other women. Like, and, and there are cases of where it's been completely okay, but I think optically it's always very difficult to make that argument. But I think in most sports, and also in general, most sports are played at kind of amateur levels anyway, yeah. like... As long as no one's at risk and no one gets hurt, and obviously that massively depends on the physicality of the sport, I think, you know, we shouldn't have the same rules for rugby as we have for tennis. Like, you know and I mean tennis is obviously a physical sport, you know, men yeah. generally serve a lot faster than women, but it it should just be a sport by sport basis and I think the the number of people that this really affects is so small that it's just so overblown. Um, I thought that was in chess. It's just not an issue. In
0: chess, it's not an issue. I mean, I recall some years ago, I followed some Danish debate, and there were there was maybe some running disciplines where it was clear that okay, this actually is a problem we have to deal with here because the previously world number one could not qualify for world championship finals any uh, anymore, and well, then of course it, it becomes a problem. But I agree that in chess, that is not remotely one relevant case
1: where it could be problematic as far as I know. Right? Yeah, we're going to get a bunch of insane comments. And yeah, yeah, started. but that's, I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that we're going to do anyway. But well, to <laughs> go more on to something that's actually for real insane, that's going to be the feeder circuit, right? I mean, this is—it should be a circus. Circuit, circus, exactly. I mean, this is, uh, you, you go ahead because this is uh, yeah,
1: entertaining. So we're, we're still, we still don't know who's going to qualify for the candidates. We are recording on the 20th of December and it closes in 11 days. So we still don't know who will win the FIDE circuit. Currently, Anish Giri is leading. Well, it's actually Fabiana Carrana who's leading, oh, yes. but he's qualified. Well, I mean, by that's other means. the other part is that, you know, everyone who actually qualifies just passes on their spot because they've qualified through other means. And it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I think Anish is number two or three, right? Yeah, but, I mean, Fabi's had the best year. And I feel like actually. Because Fabi finished third in the World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like winning the Fidesz circuit is actually a much bigger achievement than finishing third in the World Cup. And it's odd that he gets the third place World Cup spot, but not the Fidesz circuit spot.
0: But but I think it's... Isn't it because it happens in chronological order? So you you know rather than that. Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah. I mean, that's the reason. But it just feels odd that, you know... Because he is significantly ahead in the feeder circuit, I think. He, there's... Oh, yeah. he, you know, I mean, people
0: well, would now, need
1: an extra two events to catch him. I think. I mean,
0: uh, Magnus, for instance, now wanting to ramp to ahead of uh, Caruana. So of course, I mean, you get well. Who has the best year becomes more of a debate. But if you take Fide circuit events, I mean, Caruana has just been dominating this year, right? He had. The, I mean, yeah. he's back. I mean, earlier it used to be on the rating list Magnus, and then a massive uh, difference to the next. Now there, I mean. Karana maybe is not that close to Magnus, but he has his own tyre, right? I mean, it's Magnus, it's Karana, and then it's a bunch, as far as I remember. Yeah, I, I think that would be fair. Or maybe or Hikaru is there, I'm not sure. But it's true. For, the, for this year, anyway. Yeah, I mean,
1: Car- has yeah. had an excellent year.
0: But so as, we, as we speak, Anis is qualified. But uh, we are now at round six in a tournament in Chennai.
1: And uh, that could change things, right? Yes. So, the, according to the statistics from... Chess numbers, Gukesh is actually the favorite to yeah find out because he's in the lead in Chennai, and I think he has a seventy-two percent chance to qualify.
0: Yeah, I mean that is again based on Elo uh, ratings and randomness. Here, of course, when we saw this in order, I mean this is well for Gukesh, it's do or die. So he, I mean, he's not trying to win the tournament with extra points. He just wants to be number one, as
1: far as I understand. Right? Again, yeah. there is he, something... He needs a tie for first. As
0: well. Yeah, but he needs a tie with maximum three or four players and he doesn't need to win the tie breaks, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, but it doesn't... Well, I think one aspect of this is that this is the Chennai Masters. This was not a planned event, right? It's something that suddenly appeared. And there has been a debate. Is that reasonable or not?
1: I think it's completely reasonable.
0: Good. I We agree. I mean, there was, uh, I think, some some... Indian chess side was sort of arguing. I, I, am I implying anything? I said not at all. I mean, this is what's intended. They're organizing a, a great grandmaster event in India. It's completely normal.
1: I mean, uh, the, there was a there was a line in when they announced it from ChessBase India that you know they'd they'd hope to do this in January and this was like their goal for the year. Which okay, like let's let's be real, it's not the case. <laughs> like this came around at the yeah. last minute, and the goal is was to provide a chance. Uh, for Gukesh, but not yeah. just Gukesh. Arjun or guess he also had a shot at the rating spot and so did Paral. Oh, he
0: had a, a spot at the Grand Circuit spot. He actually needed if he oh, was okay. so so sole leader, it yeah, yeah, would yeah, be exactly Max Mark Soblo could win the rating spot by an yeah, insane yeah. performance,
1: right? Um they did so they did invite other people with a dog in the fight, which I think is really to their credit. Yeah, yeah. And they also invited Wesley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. so no, it's. Um, I mean, I, I think
0: this one is. Uh, we're going to get to the uh, racing spot. It's, it gets more complicated. This one is uh, easy, right? There is just. Uh, you cannot come up with any legitimate arguments against it,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, I think the, also the London Chess Classic was. Yeah, that's true. That obviously wasn't. That was going to happen for quite a while. But uh, my suspicion is that Gukesh agreed to play in that tournament because he knew it gave him a chance. I so. mean,.
0: The point, well, the way it's done with the circuit, I'm not a fan of, and uh, it helps organizers obviously. I mean, you can probably tell Gukesh you have to pay to play in London. I, I'm, I'm sure they didn't do that, but your <laughs> negotiation situation become pretty good as an organizer if you know that this guy badly needs you, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that must
1: and be. I think it's it's a valid thing to do, I think it, it's within the rules. This yeah, is, yeah, and it's like I have no problem with this event whatsoever. I think it's. I think it's excellent that they've put this together. I think it's a lot of credit to the Indian organizers as well to put this together late. And I think it's, you know, the field that they've put together is really nice because they could have definitely put together a weaker field that would have increased. But let's say
0: this tournament finishes and,
1: you know, Gugas actually doesn't win.
0: If the organizers tells everybody, I mean, we do actually have nine years till New Year. Would you mind doing another, another one? You think that would be too much? No, I think they should do it. I think it's
1: just lock the doors. Yeah,
0: just, lock the doors. That's it.
1: Okay, good, good.
0: We go again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like uh, in Pogo, you have this rebuy option, right? So you have a, it could, might be in the contract. Who knows, right? Um, so, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it'd be valid, honestly. Like, I think it's within the rules. And I think, yeah, I and mean, are doing the same, same not... event,
0: instead of having one double round event, if you do Two separate single round events. I think you you're pushing it a bit in my opinion. But uh,
1: yeah. Anyway. I, I honestly think that I would not harshly criticize, but I would mildly criticize the players that are not doing this. hmm okay. I think Vincent hasn't really yeah. m- maybe Vincent has like a, a bunch of games planned. I don't know, but he's has a shot at the rain spot. But
0: let's let's I move mean, to the rating spot. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean that is much more, well, that's more Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. That's much murkier. Yeah.
0: So, Mark Sodlow, we agreed, he's out. He's playing in India, he's not doing well, no chance, right?
1: The, yeah, he's out. The current
0: out. rating holder is Wesley So, and he's yes. he's moved to Twitter. He's actually blocked you, which is quite impressive. He's the nicest well, guy I, guy in I the
1: have world. some news on that front. He did unblock me after. Okay. <laughs> he did block me for a bit, and then unblocked me. Which I was kind of... Honestly, Wesley's Twitter escapades have really confused me. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what's happening. I think he's veering back and forth between slightly unhinged posts and just excellent trolling. Like, genuinely top tier, extremely funny. I hope he stays on Twitter.
0: It's extremely puzzling for me that Wesley is on Twitter, but that's a different <laughs> story. I mean, no.
1: But yeah, he did block me, and then he unblocked me. So oh, really? I don't know okay. where we're at oh. now. I hope okay. we can still be friends. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, it comes at we a, have differing uh, views when it comes to politics. It com, but... comes
0: with a risk being friend with you. But uh, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> a warning <laughs> given. But yeah, I understand. But Wesley had just decided, we think, to stay at home. But actually, I mean, we think we know who everybody who's playing. But there's nothing illegal in just having a tournament and reporting it quietly, right?
1: Yeah, and there's nothing illegal with you know just turning up at some random tournament and just playing yeah. some games.
0: I mean, for instance, weekend I know or... that H- Hastings has weekend tournaments. I mean, you know, so you can actually finish an event before 1st of Jan and, and, and such, right? But
1: Yeah, somehow... I guess the problem is you can only get the 0.8 rating points once per tournament. Ah, you can
0: only get it, like, yeah, that's not a lot. then. It's so
1: you really need to play reasonably high-rated players. But of course, the most well, controversial... It's only, was... only above 2350, like...
0: Yeah, the most controversial thing is happening in France, right?
1: Not unsurprisingly. Well, uh, let's let's go back one step because okay. uh, Lenny Dominguez oh, that's true. did play in Sitges. Uh-huh. He didn't do super well. I mean, he was following your advice. You were basically tweeting that at some point, right? Yeah, yeah no, I think his decision to go to Sitges was correct. Yeah. He was on four out of five. Uh, and then he was... From the tour. This
0: withdrawal,
1: I don't understand any bit of, to be honest. I so when it when it was announced, I was like, okay, because so he withdrew on the night of the rest day, and uh-huh. I kind of forgot that it was a rest day. So I thought, okay, he didn't win his game today, uh, that's why he's withdrawn. But it turned out that wasn't the case. He just withdrawn on four out of five. He didn't play round six, which was. Why against the 2,500? I mean, I feel like the optimal solution would be to play that game. And if you don't win, you don't win. You, then maybe then you withdraw. Because he was still in with his chance of making
0: I, I thought rate. so. I mean, it was puzzling to me. and Well, I saw some said that he doesn't want to risk his you know, invitations for later. But that strikes me, A, as a bit weak. But also, I mean, you're only risking rather few rating points. In principle, whenever you play a game, there is a, a principal swing of ten elo points, so I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, no, it, I mean,
1: it, it puzzled it, me it but, the twenty five hundred. I mean, let's face it, like Dominguez with white against the twenty five hundred is a pretty big favorite. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, there he's even an Indian twenty five hundred. Yes, you know, different.
0: No, of different course, category. <laughs> He probably chose a bad event to win rating because there might be a lot of uh, underrated Indians in, in this. Tournament. Yeah, I
1: mean, but he did draw with a 2300. Yeah. Uh, that was a very, he was actually worse significantly in that yeah. game. And he he won a game against an 1800, but that was not easy. No, no. And this 1800 was certainly, again, not an 1800. He'd already beaten two 2300 no. plus no. players. No. Dominguez tried to do it incredibly straight. He
0: found a tournament that was publicly announced beforehand and he chose to play it. But it was a rather... Unf- I mean, I, I thought he would have had a good chance, but of course, he was not, not as favorable as, as the choice of others, I would say. right? So um, That's I mean, true.
1: That's true. So we go to now the, the guy who's doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> Our... So Ali Reza Ferrugia is now playing in huh. His and home he's... city in France. New home city in France, yeah. Yep, and he's playing a series of two-game matches against lower-rated players who are perhaps not the youngest. No, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I yesterday,
0: two- he, but yesterday he finished a match which he won 2-0 against uh, Digo Batze, if I remember correctly. Yes. Belgian player? Yes. Uh, something like this?
1: Yeah, he hasn't played any French players, by the way. And he won't, or... I don't think so. I think they're Ukrainian both. Or
0: Okay, could be. I, I honestly don't know. Right now, he's on 2753, which means he is still 4.4 behind Vesely. So, there's still some, some way to go, right? Yes. But how much does he need to, to get
1: there? He needs, I believe, five and a half out of six. Of the remaining games or yes. of total? Uh, no, sorry, the remaining games. So, he now needs three and a half out of four. Okay, but mm-hmm. okay,
0: yeah. I mean that draws some criticism and also some. Well, from you, it got praise apparently, right? But uh, I mean, yeah, people... I, th- I think
1: he's doing it correct, like genuinely. I'm I, not ironic at all. You like, actually I mean genu- it, yeah? I genuinely think this is the this is what any athlete in this position should do. I mean, not you don't necessarily because you can argue that picking softer 2650s who give you more of a not not necessarily softer but like you could pick a 2650 with the right style yeah, to yeah. maximize your chances like or you could even play you know like let's say you pick Richie like you mm-hmm. play two games against Richie Report it could be you win two games or you lose two games mm-hmm. but the chances of you having two decisive games are reasonably high So if you pick someone with the right style, depending on the rating, I think there's also that way to do it. But I think him going for it is a very good sign for him and a good sign for chess.
0: You're basically claiming he went to some mathematician and asked, okay, what is uh, the optimal way for me to play chess for one week, having the chance to win seven ELO points and he sort of ran a billion simulations and sets do matches against uh, these guys. I mean, you're saying something I, like that. I mean,
1: it's possible he did that, but also these three guys also play for the local club. So yeah, that, that that's helps my impression, helps I bit. think. So, so that's probably...
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, things like this has happened in the past on a s- smaller scale. I mean, uh, well, I needed... Well, I wanted to have 2700 on an ELO list, so I played... Mas Anderson, who is now the highest rated Dane, but he was like 14 and maybe 2300. So he was not an underrated junior. He was a very strong junior, but I needed to beat him 2 0, and I managed to do that. And uh, I mean, people have done it for more serious stakes like the Grandmaster title. You need to get to a certain rating. So you challenged uh, some guy locally, and, and so on and so forth. But you, I mean, you are saying you find this
1: 100% legit. It's a bit. Uh, I So there's two reasons I find it 100% legit. Firstly, I think. If you were going to rig these games, you don't play three different people. Mm-hmm. Because you're it you're you're massively increasing the chances that you that it gets out there. Yeah. So why would you play three people when you could play one person? You only need to pay one person to be quiet. So why pay, why pay three people to be quiet? Cuz that's what the cost would be if you're rigging the games. Mm-hmm. It's not to pay someone to play chess with, it's to pay someone to be quiet for the rest of their career. Or the rest of your career, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I assume Ali Reza has, you know, a significantly long career ahead of him. So you can't... Like, it doesn't make any sense to have three different opponents here. And the second case is, like... So if you were an active player, and someone of Ali Reza's level asked to play a two-game match against you, would you say no? No. No. I mean, obviously, uh, you're getting paid for it as well. You know, well, you get paid to I, play two I, games against a very strong chess player. Like, I probably would. I mean, if Magnus says, okay, let's have a
0: Denmark-Norway match, am I going to play? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like it will be a lot of beating up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, oh, of course. No, the question is, if, I mean, well if we agree that there's no way these guys are losing on purpose but still they would be spoiling the party if the Ali Reza didn't uh, qualify i mean well as someone says what is the purpose of this it, tournament? but that's and a you... huge
1: win for you like yeah for yeah. them for their reputations this is like they have a big incentive to win a game mm-hmm. yeah. because it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're playing legitimately They also win a game against one of the strongest players in the Mm -hmm. world. They Mm -hmm. get paid to do so. Like, There's no real way. I mean, if they lose two games to Ali Reza, okay, people can say, well, you know, this worked out well. But also, that's what you should be doing. You know, you probably should lose two games to him. I saw
0: that Wesley So was tweeting during the game and criticizing this guy's exchange sacrifice. But, I mean, I don't think it was rigged. I think it's... um, well. Lag of he was under pressure. It was lack of chess understanding or desperation. I have made worse things myself. I promise. I mean, uh, you know, it was yeah, not an understandable error. error I, right? I did
1: see a lot of, <laughs> I did see a lot of comments about it that acted like he just didn't realize his rook was under attack, and like I don't think that's what happened. There. <laughs> no, no. I mean, well, I'll say it's a twenty-four something guy
0: against a world elite player. It's it's gonna look ugly at times. I mean. So, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, it's this is how these games generally
0: go, but, um, but not yeah, even... I think
1: the, the, the reason, like, the justification for him to, to rig these games is not there, like, because it's on it's also only a spot in the candidates, which he's already played in, like, this is not, yeah, that's another thing, it's I not a million dollars, like,
0: no, how much, I mean, well, you can see people really care about these uh
1: candidate spots, right? I mean, so for sure, important. and they should, they, should, yeah, they right. absolutely should but it's not worth losing your entire career of
0: no i mean a world championship match i don't think it's life changing money for them but it's an incredible sporting challenge it's a lot of money and so on and so forth but candidate spots i mean alireza will get some uh, sooner or later in this life and he already had some not a particularly good experience for him by the way and such so but well while you seem to agree our our, our main subject's feeder had a, a slightly different uh opinion they have actually i don't know what they have done exactly except from tweeting
1: well apparently they're not they announced that they were investigating this tournament which I, <laughs> I don't know why they would announce this i don't know what information they need to gather like i don't know if they're just announcing that yeah we're watching the games it's like okay we're all watching the games i don't i don't know why they needed to tell us that um but yeah, think, they have announced that they're going to be keeping a very close eye on this, this tournament, and they might not rate it. They have. They,
0: they seem not- to have the right not to rate it, right? but let's say they think, okay, no, this looks uh, suspicious, we're not rating it. I mean, that must create all kind of legal problems immediately, right? Oh yeah, I mean, Ellie Racer will go immediately to CAS. And... but you can't actually go immediately to CAS, you have to go to Ethics Committee. Well, I think he
1: will. I think he'll immediately go there. and yeah, march yeah. to the office and just maybe that you can actually do it. You're right, You're just... <laughs>
0: but I don't think he will succeed by that. But uh, yeah, so no, this is kind of possible. I'm pretty sure that Fida is hoping he he doesn't get there like this.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I I just think I think there's a bunch of ways to. I mean, it is kind of gaming the system, but it's gaming the system in a legitimate way. And I think there are still there's probably still more to come. Like well, I, I, would, I don't see a problem with, for example, your favorite chess player, Anish Giri, if he arranges a two-game match with, uh, yeah, I'm but, not sure who he would need, he needs someone. No, Giri is... He's, he needs eight points, so say Vidit. If he plays two games against Vidit and you flip the coin. Yeah, I understand. Well, I don't have a problem with that. No. No, no, you can't break no. games. That's obviously clear. But like, you can play two games of chess, and if it goes one way, it goes one way. I don't want to speak badly about uh, Geary, but I mean, well, beating,
0: beating with it 0 is not that. Uh, I mean, it's not that great a chance in a way. I mean, of no, course, that no, could be but a, of
1: course. You need someone reasonably strong unless you go yeah. three zero. Like,
0: mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he could play. Well, there's no Bundesliga, but there is probably something in a way. I mean, winning eight points is
1: not that simple in a, in a way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I suggested, you know, a two-game match on the 31st. Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: understand that. I mean, there is a strong in, incentive uh, to, to do something. I mean, like if this. you
1: don't have... Let, let's say Gukesh wins. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Ali Reza doesn't overtake Wesley. For yeah. Let's say he loses a game. So on the 31st of December, Anish is out of the Friday circuit spot. And two wins gets him the rating spot. Like, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play two games against some random twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you just see what happens. Like, well, there's I mean, nothing wrong with that at all. The, and the most obvious thing would be to play against
0: Dominguez. I mean, uh, well, you know, one of them wins 2-0, great. And though, I mean, for Dominguez, maybe one and a half would be enough. It's strange not to organize these kind of things, right? Yeah, and I mean,
1: I, I think... You know, would probably do the same
0: thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, we could see a lot of uh, action. I was at some point, I started wondering when is the cutoff? Is it the uh, 23rd of December, uh, Honolulu time, which is the, the latest, or how, how does it work? I mean, I not, yeah, no. I
1: mean these regulations for the three day uh, circuit and for the rating spot have been very yeah. poorly written, I think would be fair.
0: But sometimes you make rules that are also based on people acting respectively and sanely. But you are saying. People are just acting rationally, right? That's your argument. Yeah, I think
1: this the Alareza tournament and the Chennai tournament are both the rational Mm -hmm. outcomes of what the rules are. If you
0: would change it, well, I've seen, I, I actually read more or less all your tweets. You think the main problem is that FIDE should organize their own events, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is where all this chaos comes from, is that FIDE doesn't have a set cycle with mm-hmm. their own events which they should have right i mean even if you compare it with the champions Chester, tour mm-hmm. there's no way for any of this to happen in the champions mm-hmm. Chester tour because each event has a clear winner who gets points that qualifies for the next events and so on and so forth you know there's no there was never a way to game the system and i think if you look at the i don't think the champions Chester tour is a perfect system mm-hmm. to provide the candidates because the thing I don't like is that people who are already qualified can continue to play. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine for the Champions Chester because it, it provides yeah. entertainment. It's a commercial. Right, the they can do what they want. Is that, that aspect should be removed. But if you look at the people who were in Toronto, other than Lazovic, was a clear outlier, mm-hmm. like the Toronto was a very reasonable candidates tournament that you would expect if all the best players in the world were playing in a cycle.
0: It's close. You're right. Nepom was uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Nep- we, Nepo didn't make it, but okay, you know. And ah, Ding of course, really... Ding is the world champion, so yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I get your point. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Ding didn't really no, play, no. so he didn't qualify. But you know, Nepo is well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you swap Nepo for Lazarus, then it's a 100 percent a candidate. I mean, story. Let
0: us say the qualification for the European Football Championship here, right? I mean, there is a clear group stage where you know people qualify, and then there is this extra thing com- called nation leagues, which might feel a bit weird and unjust, but there is a pretty clear system. It, you, it's not like uh, at the end of December, everybody will try to beat San Marino as, as hard as possible or something like this. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be yeah.
1: interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think... Uh, and also the the main flaw, which kind of they got away with, is that there was a scenario at the Singfield Cup where yeah. players could potentially lose to benefit themselves and that mm-hmm. should like that should never happen in any system like yeah. that's just deeply flawed this has happened
0: in other sports as well at times it's a little bit hard to avoid but i generally agree that of course i mean you know well you should have qualification events where you have to do it in a positive manner and of course i mean well we have had this situation a bit before in chess i think the bad scenario never happened in terms of people actually did lose, but of course, uh, I think it was very easy there to see that in the last round it could be: should Geary lose to Nepomniachtchi, then uh, he would be qualified. I think. I think even in the last round, had Wesley So won his game, uh-huh. uh, he made such a quick draw that it didn't matter. But had Wesley So won sit game. It would be beneficial for Geary to lose because then it will be a three way tie for first and he will not have enough yeah, points. Yeah. And yeah, these kind of things are, are stupid, obviously.
1: There's that's no that's it. a big problem. But I, for me, my personal preference would be Fide organizes eight tournaments per cycle
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the winner of each one goes straight to the candidates. There's no way you can mess around with it.
0: Yeah. I mean I don't know if it gets a bit too random, but maybe that's how sports is. We always understand the main problem is money, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you can, you could still use existing tournaments. I still don't like that pre-qualified people can play it, but you know, for example, you have the World Cup, you have the FIDE Swiss, mm-hmm. you have World Rapid and Blitz. Like, why don't they give candidate spots? <laughs> Is that worse than any other method? I don't think so.
0: No, it's a balance. I would also like to have the best players there, and uh, I don't know to be honest. And uh, it's also events that can be rigged to some extent in the last couple of rounds uh, and such i i don't know to be honest if if that's a good how how it should be done in a in a way but of course not having your own ways you lose control of course you could argue yeah you're saying okay we choose world rapid uh, as a qualifier i mean no you could do s- several things
1: I... I get but but i guess that the main the main principle is that fide should have control over every route into the candidates and at the moment they control yeah. you know the the free the grand swiss and the world cup and the rest are kind of random.
0: i have generally been in favor of the racing uh, spot and i haven't been deleting old tweets so people can still document it i think also part of the problem is that i mean well if you if Magnus would qualify by rating, we would all be fine. He's number one. If Caruana qualified by rating, that would be fine. He's mm-hmm. num- clearly number two. You cannot really challenge that unless you do 31 games uh, in December against some guy and beat him all the times. The problem is suddenly when you compete for lower s- spots on the rating list because the best players have, to, I mean, qualified by other means, it starts ending up weirdly, right? I think that's gone. that's what's gone wrong in, in both circuit and in uh, rating spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the easier way it would be you have the rating spot decided in January 2024 for the next candidates.
0: But that also doesn't really work, <laughs> right, uh, in a way. No, I don't know. I mean, uh, at some point it was said that the Grand Chess Tour should uh, be a qualifying circle, with probably two free rate, uh, candidate spots. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but I think also Orgore mentioned that the rating spot should be decided after the Grand Swiss, because then there is a big event we can all play, and you cannot start doing this trickery stuff afterwards, right? The problem, of course, is that, well, we saw it with St. Louis. No one give a damn who's winning the event. Suddenly it became, um, you know, who gets this amount of points, that amount of points. So it's, um, it's a pity when it's almost like you take over other events because they start caring about the rating or the grand prix points rather than the actual event itself right so it's uh, yeah
1: i think these these events should just be separate like world championship qualifiers should be big enough to be their own events and their the goal should be to qualify for the candidates to play mm-hmm. for the match and, you know, i agree like people have also said well maybe we should call them some kind of interzonal tournament which well, that, yeah. i don't think you're... these are a, a, worse, a worse system than
0: what no, we currently have. then you go back. I mean, what you're afraid of is that the best players would not suddenly qualify. I mean, a World Championship in football without Brazil would be kind of bad. They still have to qualify, but we all understand that with the 14 matches, uh, they will qualify. I mean, I think they have actually always qualified, right?
1: Yeah. So but also, we're, we're already there. You know, yeah. the best player in the world doesn't play in
0: it. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. mainly the problem is that some of the best players doesn't want to play actually, right? So, yeah. Yeah,
1: but there's that. But I think, you know, I think if you were to arrange, say, eight mini-Swiss tournaments between all of the 2,700-plus players, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're getting any real outliers winning those Maybe
0: not. No, and you can also say, I mean, if Magnus had eight Swiss events, he could win to qualify, and he won none of them? Okay, tough luck. I mean, that's... Yeah, uh, then he shouldn't qualify for the candidates. I mean,
1: yeah, and also, you know, if my my preference, and I, I understand not everyone agrees with this, is that once you're qualified, you shouldn't be allowed to play no. in any qualifying events. Then they do get slightly easier as, you know, Magnus wins one, Hikaru wins one, Fabio yeah. wins one. You know, they don't get to play I, I anymore. I generally
0: so. agree with it. I understand. I mean, for me, it was great Magnus could play the World Cup because he, he lacked that in his trophy collection and so on and so forth. But I understand that for people facing Magnus in the quarterfinals, I think, okay, why do I have to? My biggest challenge comes in the quarterfinal of, you know, this, the second layer qualification event is is ridiculous, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: for me personally, I don't think the World Cup should be part of any qualification cycle. Like, no. I think sh- I think it should just be the knockout World Champion. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, okay. I think it's such a good event that it's just there's yeah, yeah. no reason for it not to be the knockout World Champion. I think FIDE are still kind of scared. Of the mistakes that were made in the early two thousands, where they tried yeah. to make it the actual world championship, mm-hmm. but like I think knockout world champion is a reasonable title. I don't think it's necessarily worse than blitz world champion or rapid world champion, which we decide mm-hmm. in these big Swiss events. And I think the World Cup is just such a good event that it should be able to stand on its own. I like, mean, there's no reason for qualification. It, it is
0: an amazing event, and uh, well, for me as a sort of sub elite player once breaking top 30 maybe generally be, no i didn't actually break top 40 i broke but being top 50 top 100 i mean it was a huge thing for my career it was something you really wanted to qualify for it's something you really wanted to prepare for and it, and it should be there and, uh, and for me it didn't matter if it was called world club cup or world champion but i get your point that i think it's insanely great for the event that the best player in the world is playing but of course if it becomes an important qualifier for for other people it's also a problem so generally i mean yeah, you should have things that rests uh, on its own, right? I mean, it's like, as I said, World Cup in football. Well, you have qualification events for that, which is purely qualification events for that. And that's great. And uh, the the problem is finances. But, uh, I mean, FIDE was doing the, their budget. They have €7 million Euro in the bank. They can organise events if
1: they chose to, is my impression.
0: Yeah, give me two. I'll do it. I'll pass it on. <laughs> but they, they don't seem to
1: read my Twitter that intensively. So Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't think it would be incredibly expensive but i think it's clear the feeder circuit was a money making money saving exercise and i it's... think and also to be fair they have done it spinned it beautifully i mean
0: they basically made it like seem that uh, the feeder circuit was an addition to possibilities for people while in reality it's just well everybody who wants to organize our world championship qualifier can do it for free we, we are fine by that but uh ah, this is a good
1: spin I mean, you can... Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not... I'm not a, a huge fan. I mean, it, no, 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 it, I joking. do I do like the the kind of fairness that, you know, everyone does have a chance at this, but, but I, I think it's just... But it's not it's just... fully still... I understand, but, I
0: mean, let's say other sports like tennis or, or golf. I mean, if you're top 100, you have a right to either play the event or play the qualifier. It's not how it works in chess, right? I mean, Dominguez has to go to... He chooses to go to Sitges, he could actually have played in, in, in Chennai instead, right? But I mean, well, for instance, the Sinkfield Cup, a bunch of play, uh, points in in play, you have to be invited there and so on. So it's not fully fair either, in a way. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's, in, in general, I wouldn't be in favor of adding existing events into the cycle, like I think the, the Grand Chester or the Champions Chester, because I think these mm-hmm. events should be separate, they should be private, they should be for entertainment. And I,
0: I think actually it's completely fair that private events, they can invite whoever they want. But then we should also have feeder events where there is incredibly clear rules of who gets in right i mean and
1: uh, yeah i there's... mean i i think you know at the moment my preference would just be eight tournaments with open to all 2700 plus players you can get in if you get to 2700 like i think that's a reasonable cutoff oh, off because yeah. you can get to 2700 by playing in opens you know i mean i think report got to like 2750
0: maybe before. the problem for players is that you know they're used to getting a considerable sum for playing and stuff like this if this is uh Moderate price fund, uh, no cost to pay. Fund them
1: reasonably well. Like these would be decently viewed tournaments. You should be Mm -hmm. able to find sponsors for. You're
0: basically saying it's like Olympiad. You have to bid for these kind of things. The cost is uh, a certain amount of money or something like this. No, no.
1: I think FIDA should find sponsors for. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like I, I think it would be, I think similar to the Champions Chester, where you have you know the Air Things Masters and Mm -hmm. the the Chessable Masters and things like this. I think you should be able to find a sponsor for a tournament. Every player is above 2,700. You know, you have people from yeah. all over the world. You have maybe Hikaru. I mean, like, realistically, if you have a tournament with Hikaru and you can't find a sponsor for it, you can't do your job. Like, like uh, it's just instantly, you know, a yeah. very large amount of eyeballs on this event. Okay, you hope he doesn't qualify in the first one so he keeps playing, but mm-hmm. you know, oh, like, yeah. these, these, this would be pretty marketable, I think, and mm-hmm. I don't think you would need a massive amount of money. Like, no. If you were to say, have, say, you know, 100,000 prize one for each tournament, it's 800,000 total. It's cheaper than a World Cup. But 100,000? I mean, if
0: you're expecting 50, 2,700 players, I'm not sure there is that many. But there's only yeah. 36 now. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, there's still expenses and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, top 10 win prizes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I mean, quite some would show up. Yeah, I, I get your point. And if they, I mean, the
1: expenses are going to be more because you need a decent venue and you need. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I understand. But who knows? Anyway, we are just uh, theorizing here. It's very easy to spend uh, air money. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we agree that uh, I mean that's how it would be in tennis, right? I mean, you have uh, classical events, but there's a lot of events happening and so on and so forth. And there is, uh, you know. Everybody actually has the right to play. I mean, it's even been one of my ideas that, uh, well, let's say Waikansi. In principle, you could have two spots, but at least, you know, qualifier two days before, open to everybody, twenty six hundred open or something like that.
1: Right? It would be no. We, we are not messing around with the field in Waikansi like that's Okay, any any kind of <laughs> other other event, but I mean that that yeah, well, some yeah. some
0: is there by invitation and merit. Others have a chance to qualify, but still a limited amount of group. I mean, I think even Wimbledon, you can show up not as an amateur, but as a decent uh, ranked player, you have a chance to qualify and so on, right? I mean, uh, yeah. It's possible to make systems, obviously. But let's see. Yeah. Okay, we have spoken a bunch, right? So I don't know. If have. You have... Ah, one hour, ten minutes. I think it's just two of us left here, by the way. But yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess this is going to be our last episode for the year as well. Oh, really? Okay. Fair enough. Well, I mean, it's going to be mine. I don't know what you're doing next week. No,
0: that's true. I, well, <laughs> as you mentioned, Magnus didn't get uh, didn't get banned, so he's actually playing World Rapid and Blitz, so I will hopefully have to have some interesting work to do there. So, so that's it. Yeah. But, uh...
1: okay, maybe before we go, so do you prepare for every opponent individually for that kind of thing, or do you just send them a bunch of stuff in the morning and go figure it out? I definitely don't send
0: him stuff in the in the morning like this, but <laughs> I mean, well, pairings happens uh, very, you know, yeah, very yeah. shortly be- before and such. So and again, it depends on the internet possibilities and so on and so forth. I mean, it has been varying a bit, but I think we are normally a little bit in touch. But it's also, I mean, sometimes you know, pairing a populist list on chess uh, results, and then he has to play in five minutes. So it could be, you know, okay, this guy plays that or whatever. But I mean. There is some kind of communication but it's it's mainly me sitting there being available and uh, you know if he's won a, a a good game or lost a a bad one maybe he just doesn't give a damn and contacts me but i'm I'm available and it's a bit uh, random uh, there at times so but uh, I mean no you're right in that I, w- I will try and uh, help help during but it's it's not like uh, I sent him fifty files in the morning and please look at that he no <laughs> it's not uh, i don't think he's that interested in that i mean it's yeah. I, I might uh, ask him a little bit uh, you know which kind of directions are we, are we going and, and and such but uh, i mean beforehand but um, well generally i think he, he pays me to be ready but also not to bother him too much uh, and uh, well that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah uh, you can question why he doesn't want to be bothered by me but that seems to be the, <laughs> be the reality so, so but uh, I mean, it's not like, I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, the 20, I mean, well, we have a birthday, I even have a 10 year anniversary and so on, but I'm not going to be drunk during that period because I actually have to do some kind of work, but uh, Mm -hmm. well, it's not, uh, yeah. Anyway, we will see, but we should say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to each other,
1: to our listeners, to everybody, the world of chess. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everyone and we'll hopefully be back in the new year. Although I'm kind of worried that we're going to have to do an emergency episode over the next week because, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I, stuff did, I mean, the last three
0: days has been insane, actually. So we'll see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, who knows? Okay. You know, my intention is that this is the final year for this year, at least. Yeah. So, Fingers crossed. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye, guys. See you next year.